It might sound surprising, but many federal contractors are under no obligation to report cybersecurity breaches to the government. That could change under a new bipartisan bill introduced in the Senate this week. The Cyber Incident Notification Act of 2021, it's called. It would require contractors, critical infrastructure companies, and federal agencies themselves, for that matter, to report successful cyber intrusions within 24 hours. For more, Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday spoke with one of the sponsors of the bill, Virginia Democrat Mark Warner. Literally for years, I've been saying we need to do more to have a real organized policy around cybersecurity. But for years, that has pretty much fallen on deaf ears. A couple of things, though, have happened in the last eight or nine months that has, I think, raised the profile of cybersecurity. Late last year, there was the so-called SolarWinds hack, where Russian entities managed to penetrate into 18,000 companies that were using this SolarWinds product in their, in their software systems. Then we saw Colonial Pipeline, which got America's attention since we were seeing gas stations being shut down all over the East Coast, at least, kind of more of a classic ransomware attack. And then even this week, we've seen the United States government formally charge China with a massive attack against Microsoft that got into the supply chain of literally thousands of companies. All this has heightened both politicians and the public's awareness. We need a better cyber strategy. And the legislation, bipartisan legislation that I'm proposing that has virtually every member of the Senate Intelligence Committee on it is that there needs to be a requirement that when at least a company that includes critical infrastructure or major supply chain or key industries gets attacked, gets hacked, that you notify the government. The trade-off here is if you notify the government, we will give you limited immunity. We'll try to keep this information confidential because while we want to make sure everybody practices good cyber hygiene in terms of making sure you've got the appropriate passwords and you change them, you don't click on things. You know, the truth is companies are still going to remain vulnerable. And if we see one company get hacked in a certain industry area. And if the government knows, we can then share that information with private sector cybersecurity firms. We can share that with others in the government and make sure that we then go out and protect other companies from similar type attacks. Got it. And so with any um, legislation that imposes you know, new requirements on industry, of, of course, there's going to be a lot of attention around that. And, and you and your colleagues circulated a draft of this bill about a month ago. What kind of feedback did you get from you know, other committees, from industry? Did you incorporate any of that in this introduced bill today? We've tried to incorporate some of the changes. As, as you pointed out, when you put any kind of mandatory reporting requirement, there is normally a negative reaction from business. And that negative reaction, when this issue was dealt with, gosh, six years ago, business was so opposed to some level of mandatory reporting that we set up a voluntary reporting regime. That frankly has not worked all that well. So one of the things that's changed is I think business groups, for the most part, have realized if we don't have some kind of mandatory reporting, you may end up hurting business more than any kind of burden that comes about from the reporting requirement. So we've put in the immunity provision. We're not excusing negligent behavior. And we go back to the Equifax hack. They were negligent. They should still be held accountable. But in terms of the actual incident itself, we're giving limited immunity. We're trying to provide confidentiality. And I think for the most part, 
business organizations. We've been active conversations with the Chamber of Commerce. You know, they're neutral on the bill as opposed to they would have opposed this years ago. Our hope is we actually get them on board as supportive and other business groups because both the level of this problem and the amount of ransomware, for example, that's being paid on a daily basis without any monitoring, I think would shock most Americans. Sure. The, the conversation around cybersecurity has certainly changed a lot in, in six years. And, and you mentioned those, those kind of carrots in there. And, th- and there's also sticks, though, too, right, with potential loss of contract, financial penalties. What's the balance you're trying to strike between carrots and sticks to make this work ultimately? We don't want to excuse bad behavior. We don't want to have people let down their guard, but we want to make sure they at least report. And this is just an incident reporting to CISA, the part of Homeland Security that deals with cyber. Carrots are the liability protection, the confidentiality, but we've got to have some sanctions. Since we're requiring federal contractors to fall under this regime, they could lose their contract. And then for other major infrastructure companies, they could be charged literally a percentage of their previous year revenue. I'm sure that penalty provision in terms of the fees charged will be something that will probably be debated on an ongoing basis. We're not trying to create a gotcha regime. We're trying to make sure that we do a better job of protecting public sector and private sector entities from not only espionage, but also from the very real threats around ransomware and even worse, the ability for a malicious actor to go in and actually shut down systems. That's called denial of service. This is not a potential harm. If we look what Russia did to Ukraine a few years back, where they basically went in and shut down systems right around Christmas, you know, it had a devastating economic effect. So I think people are realizing both the realness of this threat, the imminence of this threat, and the pervasiveness of this threat. And that's why I think this legislation's time is now. Of course, there, there's critics of any legislation like this that comes out. And one of the criticisms I've seen is that it's not clear enough on the specifics of what kind of incident or even potential incident would trigger a reporting requirement. Can you respond to that at all? This is an area where even within the cyber world, there's no formal definition of incident. It's one of the reasons why legislation I literally was working on for five or six years around data breach, that's more around if somebody goes and obtains PII, personal information, through a data breach, there needed to be some reporting. So these are terms that we've not, there's not a formal legal definition. I think there is broad-based agreement that some level of mandatory reporting needs to take place. We need to make sure that we're not in the dark. In the case of SolarWinds, thank goodness, a responsible cybersecurity company, FireEye, reported that you know the bad guys were inside the system for six months before we even discovered. If we'd had an earlier notification system, if anybody had found that out, we might have been able to uh, get in and, while not prevented, stop some of this from spreading. Now that we've introduced the legislation, again, broadly bipartisan, 15 members of the Senate, if there are ways to improve on this legislation, I'm wide open to improvements. But the idea of kicking the can or simply refusing to acknowledge both the seriousness of the threat to our supply chain to the question around companies being exploited, or for that matter, public sectors like schools or hospitals being exploited with ransomware, or the very real concerns around espionage by nation state actors like Russia and China. The idea that we are not even going to have a mechanism to make sure that the government knows when this is happening in as close to real-time basis as possible, that's just an unacceptable outcome. The Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee is kind of working on their own bill have you talked to them at all? Does this bill go through them or, or what's the path forward on this? this? This bill will be 
referred to his GAC. I think I've talked to Senator Peters. I'm spending obviously a lot of time with Senator Portman these days on the infrastructure deal. I've had very positive conversations, probably more in depth with Portman than with Peters. I know they're working on a broader bill. I actually think our legislation could move first, but that will have to be decided by the committee because having been engaged in these battles for a long time, things is seems as simple as data breach legislation. We still don't have a federal standard. Instead, we have 51 different state and local standards. That's kind of a hodgepodge approach. So I'm anxious to work with HISGAC on a broader bill, but I hope that our bill might be able to move quicker because it's got such broad bipartisan support. I do think that the reporting versus voluntary debate of six years ago, a lot of that has moved on. The level of seriousness of this problem to the public and increasingly to business leaders across the country, it's no longer abstract. This is a real-time, real-life current problem. The status quo is just not cutting it. Virginia Democratic Senator Mark Warner speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.